The current president has cloaked American darkness for much too long. Too much anger, too much fear, too much division. Here and now, I give you my word. If you entrust me with the presidency, I will draw on the best of us, not the worst. I'll be an ally of the light, not the darkness. It's time for us, for we the people, to come together. And make no mistake, united we can and will overcome this season of darkness in America. We'll choose hope over fear, facts over fiction, fairness over privilege. I'm a proud Democrat, and I'll be proud to carry the banner of our party into the general election. So it's with great honor and humility, I accept this nomination for President of the United States of America. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Friends, delegates, and distinguished guests, please. I stand before you tonight honored by your support, proud of the extraordinary progress we have made together over the last four incredible years, and brimming with confidence in the bright future we will build for America over the next four years. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the People Suck podcast. My name is Cameron and I will be your host. And today we're going to be discussing the US presidential election, or as I like to call it, two angry white men shouting in a room. But before we get into that today's topic, we should probably discuss the major news coming out of the White House this week, which was President Trump's coronavirus diagnosis and then his admission to hospital at the tail end of this week. Uh, for all of you that are unaware, President Trump was diagnosed with coronavirus on early Thursday morning and then was taken to Walter Reed Medical Center for further medical attention uh, on Friday morning. Now, I know a lot of people or probably thinking that this was some sort of scam, some sort of hoax, but given the severity of it and given how little uh, the White House really wants to talk about it, I think it could be quite serious. And as much as the idea of Donald Trump dying brings a, a, a rather inappropriate smile to my face, um, I think that we should really talk about the realities of, of Donald Trump dying um, for all of you that are unaware about the succession of power, should Donald Trump die, then we would be given uh, President Mike Pence, who, if you're unfamiliar, is an ultra-conservative Christian who believes in the absolute abolition of any sort of rights for the LGBT community, uh, the uh, yeah abolishing abortion rights and pretty much everything that we would consider semi progressive or semi liberal ideas in the U.S. and if you're not a fan of Trump or you're scared of another four years of of Trump, then you should be fucking terrified about the potential of President Pence. Uh, but an another more serious note 
would be the 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 status that Donald Trump would gain amongst his supporters uh, as a martyr for their cause. Um, I mean, I hate to think of the number of conspiracy theories or online ideas about you know how Hillary Hillary Clinton dosed Donald Trump with coronavirus or how it was the Chinese that you know killed uh, the president. Uh, which could lead us down some very dark roads, not just for the U.S. as a country, but also for the the rest of the world. So here's hoping that he makes a speedy, well, a safe yet somewhat prolonged recovery. I mean, the last thing we want is Trump coming out and claiming that coronavirus isn't really that bad. Uh, that would be awful. So anyway, moving on to the main topic of today's podcast... Uh, we're going to be discussing, obviously, the election and then the difficult choices in terms of what has to happen uh, for either side and also some of the policies that either side are, are championing and then also the likely outcome of the election. So if you have been living under a rock for the past year, first of all, lucky you. And second of all, the two candidates are obviously uh, President Trump as the incumbent and vice president, former Vice President uh, Joe Biden, uh, who was vice president under uh, President Barack Obama. And those are the two the two candidates. And we're getting down to the down to the wire. The election is just under a month away and we had the first uh, presidential debate uh last thursday or wednesday sorry which was an utter shit show and a disgrace for all americans i honestly could not believe what i was watching i i don't really think that anyone could be declared the winner of that um it was utterly terrible although you could definitely find a loser and that was president trump i mean he came out of the gates acting like a bully acting incredibly childish and not how you want a president to act at all. He spent most of his time arguing with Chris Wallace, the moderator, uh, rather than discussing policy with with Joe Biden. It was, it was really quite hard to watch. Um, but I think ultimately it's probably hurt his, his campaign. I think a lot of people who were undecided in this election saw that and, and and then really questioned whether or not they want that man representing uh, the United States uh, to the rest of the world. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think that Biden did particularly well either. I think that he had some good moments, uh, some good direct addresses to the American people, but then he kind of got roped into making a couple comments uh, towards Trump, which could come back to bite him. Although I think he was perfectly justified in telling him to shut the hell up and also calling him a clown. I mean, the only thing he's missing is a fucking red nose. He's already got the orange face. Um, but yeah, I kind of wish that uh, Vice President Biden hadn't done that, um, hadn't made those comments. I feel like it was probably going to come back and bite him in the ass at some point in the future. But you never know. We'll wait and see. Um, if we take a look at the polls, then you can see that Vice President Biden leads with about 50% of the vote, whereas President Donald Trump only has 43.5%, and 
and then the rest is uh, divided up in between third-party candidates and undecided voters, which could mean that Biden has a, a good lock on this election, but we have to remember that last election, uh, Hillary Clinton also was doing quite well in the polls leading up to the leading up to the election, so we'll have to be a little wary when looking into that. But anyway, let's look into uh, the policies of both candidates and then also their records, because if, as some of you may not know, uh, Vice President Biden has been around in politics for a very long time. He's had a 47-year-long career in politics, most of it rather uneventful um, up until his um, appointment as vice president. But a lot of his policies are very much de democratic, but also they're very much moderate policies. They're not too far to either one side. Um, I mean, he doesn't support drastic climate change action, but he does support climate change action and understands that we need to make, take action sooner rather than later. Um, but apart from that, Biden has kind of been, you know, a down the middle of the road kind of guy. He doesn't, it could be said that he's the Jay Leno of presidential candidates. He's good because he doesn't bother anyone, which is both a good thing and potentially a bad thing. But in the, in the short term, I think we need a president who, who allows us to, uh, to take a breather, allows us to take a break. Uh, it feels like we've been stressed out for the last four years almost constantly. And now we just need to go on holiday for a little while. Um, <laughs> I understand that there are some serious things that need to change, some things that need to be sorted out right the fuck now. But apart from that, I don't see uh, Biden making too many changes. I think he'll probably leave that up to the next um, Democrat uh, to be president. I think... Uh, he'll probably only end up running for. He'll probably only end up being president for four years. I don't think he'll run for re-election, uh, mostly because even if he's elected now, he'll be the oldest president in U.S. history. So four years from now, I think he'll be getting on to the age where, it, you know, it's nice that he's up and about, but maybe he shouldn't be leading the country. Um, but then again, the same can be said for Donald Trump, who seems to be losing his mind a little bit. I mean. If we just talk about him for a second, Donald Trump has shown a complete and utter lack of leadership throughout the entirety of his presidency and also a lack of achievements. I mean, there's nothing that he's done that you can really point to and say that, yes, good job, well done. I mean, he tried to build a wall and that failed. He tried to repeal Obamacare and replace it with a Republican alternative. That didn't happen. He tried to ban Muslims from entering the U.S., and that got overturned, which all of these things is probably a good thing that they're not gone, but at the same time, you can't really point out what Trump really did for four years. I mean, hell, it would probably be even better if we had Kevin Spacey um, as president, because at least he wanted to fucking be there. So, yeah, um, I mean, there's, there's nothing that you can point at and really focus on for Republicans to turn around and say like, yeah, no, Trump's done this for us or Trump's Trump's done that. I mean, I, I don't really understand from a from a Republican point of view. I don't understand why they're why the Republican Party 
has decided that, that Trump's presidency is the hill they want to die on. I mean, I had the same sort of argument whenever they were confirming uh, Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court uh, last year. It's like there are so many other alternatives who would arguably be a hell of a lot better suited to the job. Why are you deciding that it's this person or, or nothing else? Um, so, so yeah, I, I don't understand really why the Republicans are continuing to back him. I mean, hell, historically, Trump hasn't even been a Republican. For a number of years, he was a Democrat when he was living in New York and was even friends with Bill and Hillary Clinton during uh, President Clinton's uh, presidency. So why on earth are the Republicans deciding that he's this, he's this champion of republicanism? You know, is this some, some natural successor to Reagan? Um, when in actuality, he really couldn't give a fuck. It, it, it's mind-boggling. I mean, fair enough, he does speak to the, to the alt-right and has done a very good job of it. I mean, he did it well enough to, to win him the presidency last time. So, fair enough, the, the Republicans might not want to alienate that part of their base. But what they've done by trying to, to cater to a, arguably a group of racists and bigots, they, they've alienated the, the more moderate um, side of the Republican Party who have now kind of fallen... Um, in favor of of Biden. I mean, hell, it's gone to the point where Biden's able to air an ad on TV showing Republicans poking holes in things that Trump, have, Trump has said or things that he's promised, and then stating that even though they're registered Republicans and they voted for Trump four years ago, that they have no intention of doing that this year. I mean, it, it takes some balls to turn around and go, yeah, by the way, look at all these people that, you know, voted for you last time, and I'm taking them all with me. And you wouldn't really expect that from Biden unless he was certain that he's got those votes wrapped up. So I, I, I don't understand why Republicans are, are still championing Trump as, as this Republican god. He, he's not. He's a billionaire who just wants to get out of debt. Um, which, by the way, if you haven't seen uh, the, the leaked tax returns... Uh, that the New York Times published, you should probably go take a look at them. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful. Uh, the fact that Trump, a, a supposed billionaire, uh, in 10 of the last 15 years paid absolutely nothing in tax. And then both the year before and the year he became president, he paid exactly $750 in tax, which is at least half of what an average college student has to pay. Um, so, you know, nice going there. I mean, hell, all of the things he, he, he claims to champion, the, the police, the military, and, and stuff like that, he doesn't, he's never paid towards, he's never paid to help them. He, you know, taxes, that's what taxes are used for. They're used for salaries for those sorts of people. And he hasn't, hasn't done that. I think that should automatically disqualify him from becoming president, let alone being qualified as, you know, a loving human being. But anyway, um, I, I, the, I think the, the, the problem that we have when going up against Trump is the fact that his, his opponent, Biden, is not really that much more liked amongst, um, mod well, fair enough, moderates, but in being a moderate, 
Biden's kind of also alienated the, the, the far left. Not, well, the far left as far as America America's concerned. You know, the people that have these radical ideas like healthcare or, or people not being shot in the streets or, you know, all of those, you know, insane ideas for America. Um, but at least for them, th their belief is that anyone's better than Trump, which is a belief I share. I mean, no matter if you like Biden or not, um, anything is better than another four years of Trump. I mean, hell, there's there are a number of dogs who have been elected mayor in America's history. I think we should just have one of them come in and be president for four years. You know, because at least it would be still be better than Trump. I I, I just I, I'm I'm a little ashamed to say the fact that I am an American when I when I look at what America has become. I mean, I remember waking up the day after the election. Uh, back in 2008 and watching uh, president-elect Obama give his speech um, and and I felt like even even at a very young age you, as a seven-year-old I felt like I felt a little bit hopeful a little bit happy I mean in retrospect Obama wasn't exactly a perfect president either but he was at least there was a sense of hope in everything that he did you know he was he was always fighting for the, the America to be the best version of itself. Whereas, whereas Trump has decided that no, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to strip away all of the things that America's most known for, you know, you know, being the land of the free home of the brave, you know, and, and instead be the land of the white supremacist and the, and the home of racism and bigotry. I <sighs> It, it, yeah, it, it's hard to sit and watch Trump's rallies, you know, when he goes after migrants or American citizens or just the fundamental things that make America America. I mean, people were laughing at his comments about the fact that he should get another term after this because he got impeached in his first one. So he didn't really get a chance to do what he wanted. But that's that's not something that we should be laughing at. That should be something that we should be fucking terrified of i mean trump is trying to set himself up to be a dictator in the same vein as someone like president putin or xi jinping in china you know where fair enough you know they hold elections but he's the only one on the fucking ballot and and i think that america given everything that's happened i think it is entirely possible um, that that could end up happening. I mean, it's a, it's a small possibility, but any sort of possibility of the U.S. becoming a, a dictatorship should terrify everyone. Um, and at this point, I understand if you're not an American or you don't have American friends, that you, you're probably sitting there very uninterested in American politics. You're probably thinking that, you know, well, well it doesn't really affect me. Why should I bother? And I understand the sentiment. I think about. I think that I feel the same way um, about a whole bunch of issues. But the the problem with um, America and the reason why everyone should care about this election is that America has has always set the standard, or at least well, not always. At least since World War Two, has set the standard for you know the 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 path for the world. So 
all of the major decisions have always had to be cleared by um by the big five nations and obviously the 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 most powerful of them being the United States and recently the world's had to learn to deal without the US you know trying to to make decisions or plans where they're not involving the United States but then that leaves a power vacuum there's a superpower missing and unfortunately um one of the country or the, the main country that seems to be s- stepping into that power vacuum is China which it would affect all of us i mean if china is driving the conversation on any issue um we then a lot of the things that we come to know as as global ideas would start to disappear i mean you know this is this is a nation which censors everything all information that comes in and out of the country has locked its own citizens up in camps which they claim are for re-education but seem eerily similar of the camps from the Nazi party in the 1930s and 40s it's it's a little terrifying to think that a nation like that could end up being the, the main source of power in the world and that's why we need the US i mean fair enough you, you it's it's one of those things that you really want to ignore but you can't i mean it's like stealing your ex's netflix password you really want to be done with them but at the same time you don't want to get rid of netflix you don't have to pay for it yourself so you might as well just keep the keep the password maybe keep talking to them every once in a while to find out if it's changed uh i know that's an odd analogy but i think it's rather rather fitting so so when you look at the election and you look at the the possible outcomes and the policies there there are a lot of things that that could go wrong there's there's an entirely it's entirely possible that you know trump could pull another upset victory and win thanks to electoral college which i think should just be completely abolished um out of just the first thing that biden does if he becomes president just gets rid of it uh the second thing being uh giving Washington DC and Puerto Rico statehood or I mean at the very least Washington DC I mean the fact that you have citizens of the United States facing taxation without representation in the capital of all places is awful I mean fair enough you know there are territories that might not quite fit the boundaries of statehood but the capital surely does I mean Washington DC has a higher population than some states and yet they have no say in some of the matters that are discussed in either the senate or the congress H- how is this logical how is this fair uh, and historically you know fair enough they now have a mayor but historically a lot of the decisions that you know affected washington dc was decided by uh the, by congress and by the senate so a couple of years back uh Washington DC wanted to legalize marijuana which they weren't allowed to do because the Senate is Republican and they don't like the idea of legalized marijuana um so they just weren't allowed to have that ref- they weren't allowed to have that vote and that's the sort of things that need to change not just uh if we get rid of Trump but through Biden there are there are a number of changes that need to be made to the US in order to make it, you know, 
what it what it claims to be. I mean, America's always claiming to be number one, but there's not a single area of the world in which they are number one. You know, I mean, well, that's wrong. There are three areas um, in which the U.S. is number one, which is number of incarcerated citizens per capita, number of adults who believe angels are real, and defense spending, where America spends more than the next 26 countries combined, 25 of whom are allies. So if those are the only things that America is leading the world in, then what the fuck has Trump been doing, you know, the past four years? I mean, that's 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 the crazy thing. I agree with Trump on his one statement that you need to make America great again, or you need to make America great full stop. It's not really ever been great before. But you need to make America great, but being a racist asshole is not the way to do it. And I understand that there are people in the U.S. who feel as though they don't have representation, who feel as though, you know, Washington or, you know, a lot of number of big cities have left them behind because they do live in rural America. But that doesn't mean that they, that Trump should be president for four years. That means that we should be doing our best to help them out. Fair enough, you know. They, they lost their jobs because factories either closed because they couldn't deal with competition or they moved um, outside of the U.S. In that case, then we should spend money on education to help teach these people how to find jobs in a modern day. Take factory workers, send them back to school, teach them how to build solar panels or teach them how to code or, or something and then spend money investing in American infrastructure in small towns and that's the way that you win them over. And that's the way you fix America, not by electing electing Trump, Donald Trump for another four years. It, it's, it's a madness to me that anyone could sit there and say that Trump has has proven himself a, a, a good leader. He, he, he's, he's been a brilliant president for four years and that he should be president for four more years. It's like, he can't have been a brilliant president because he hasn't done anything. He just sat there and made speeches or made claims or just lied his ass off. And, and you have to think, like, America is so unre especially the American politics is so unrepresentative of the rest of the country. And I don't understand why we're why they're trying to make that more so. I mean, hell, one of the things that could hang in the balance, uh, should it not happen before the election, but then definitely after the election is the confirmation of another Supreme Court justice. And if you haven't read anything about the nominee, Amy Coney, uh, Coney Barrett, she is fucking terrifying. She belongs to an alt-right, pretty much a cult, which has been likened to the same sort of civilization as in A Handmaid's Tale. And that's not good. I mean, if she in America, if she was any other religion apart from Christian, she'd be labeled a terrorist for her fucking beliefs. And yet this is the sort of person that Trump feels has a place interpreting the U.S. Constitution as it applies to law. Like, th that's just insane. And I mean, it's not even the presidential election. I mean, fair enough, that's, that's what people, most people talk about. But there are tons, there are hundreds of Senate races, congressional races, and then just municipal races, whether it's either for, you know, school districts or mayor 
or state senators and state congressmen or, you know, federal senators and congressmen. It's, there are so many different things. And the one situation that would be the worst for America, really, would be if you had a Republican president with a Democratic Congress and Senate or a Democrat Senate uh, president with a Republican Congress and Senate, because then you just get nothing done for two years at the very least. And there are a lot of things that need to change now. Hell, half of the, or most of the West Coast is on fire at the moment, and we're not doing, and the US isn't doing anything to help with climate change. There are protests and riots in a number of the cities to do with racial equality and Trump has done nothing. He's he's made the situation worse, which is not what you should want out of a president. If nothing else, he should be vying for peace, not sending in federal agents to abduct protesters. Like how is this a man that's supposed to lead a country? I, I don't understand what people see in him. I don't I don't get it. I mean it, it as I said in in my in my intro to this was the fact that you know people hold on to their beliefs and, and take them as absolute truth. And and that is exactly why Trump is popular. It's that people have this belief that he is their savior, he is the man that they want. And there's nothing that can dissuade them of that. So the the very least we can do is just shut them the hell up. Because they've had four years. They've had an opportunity to run the country. And fair enough, Mitt Trump may point to the Dow Jones or the stock market in general. And say that it's at an all-time high. But 200,000 people are dead from coronavirus. More people are unemployed now than during the Great Depression. And you were supposed to claim his presidency's a success? That he deserves four more years? Hell, if you got a job and you sat and did nothing but shout about how amazing you're doing, you wouldn't even last four years before they told you get the fuck out. You'd last maybe six months if you're lucky. And yet, because he's, because he's president, we think we should give him another chance. I mean, it, it's not even a question of Trump versus Biden for this election. It's a question of Trump versus logic. I mean, f as I said, fair enough, I could understand for the last election that you they wanted somebody different. They wanted someone who wasn't, well, they wanted someone who wasn't black. And yet, to turn around and say that after four years, yes, this is the man we want, this is the president we want. Why? Why? It, it, it's horrific to sit and, and watch a country that I, I, I'm from turn on itself. I mean, the, the country is more divided now than during the Civil War, for fuck's sake. So we need Biden as a centrist to come in and just pull everyone back together. Fair enough, there are going to be people on both sides, on the far ends of the spectrum, who are unhappy. But that's always the case. And then we need to move forward as a country, as a, as a human race, we need to move forward step by step.
But if not everyone's on board, then we're fucked. I mean, there's an analogy which I'm quite a fan of, which says that the world is a train and everyone's a passenger. Now, in order for us to survive, this train needs to keep moving forward. Now, in the engine room, we have the, the leading countries, the leading engineers, the, the leading ideas. They're, they're the ones fueling us. They're the ones pulling us forward. Then we have the first carriage, which is, which is the average people who may not necessarily be on board with everything that's pulling, that, that the world is moving towards. But they're happy to go along with it because they want to see change. And then they have, then you have the second carriage, the last portion of the train, which is the people that vote for Trump. And at the moment, they're the largest portion. They're the ones that are shouting the loudest and, and causing the most change. And they, it's a big fucking carriage. It, it is weighing us down to the point where we can't progress without you know without getting rid of them and i don't want to get rid of them i want us to work together and for them all to realize that hey maybe we should help move forward and i understand that you know there are certain things that they disagree on but there are some things that you should be that should be a fundamental right you know what i mean the the two major issues that are always discussed every election are abortion and gun control and, and and to think about it logically, there's a there's automatically a logical answer to both of them. But each side just shouts about that and forgets about all of the other things that are going on. And that's the problem with Trump is he's managed to limit everything down to just a couple talking points for his base. He's managed to, to take all of the major issues that the US is dealing with and just and convert them down into small bits and forget everything else. And that's so dangerous. We need time to recover. We need to take a break and turn around and go, okay, now we can move forward. And that's why I'm, I'm supporting Biden. That's why I, we think we need Biden as a president. Because four more years of Trump, at that point, I don't think the train's going to be fucking moving at all. On a more positive note, the podcast is now available on Breaker. Radio Public, and on Google Podcasts, as well as Anchor FM and on Spotify. So feel free to choose your platform when listening to the People Suck podcast. For updates on what's going on and new topics, then please follow me on the People Suck podcast Instagram page and share that page because the larger the audience, the more opinions we have, the more in-depth discussions we can create. But for now, guys, thank you so much for listening. And remember... The world is fucked, and there's not much we can do to change it. Goodbye.